Hi everyone, welcome to another episode in the Leading Safely podcast. Today I have a great positive episode for you as I chat with my new friend, Nula Gage, about facilitative leadership. Nula is speaking to me all the way from South Africa. Nula's forte is consulting to, working with and coaching professional leaders, supervisors and teams in high hazard industries, focusing on organisational safety culture. She works with clients to improve their leadership, communication skills, ways of working, stress management and relationships with collaborators, subordinates, teams or clients. Through chatting with Nula, I got this sense that her and I were very similar people. You will hear her positivity and her enthusiasm for life shining through her answers to my questions as well as her perspective on what she calls facilitative leadership. So here is my wonderful chat with Nula. So thanks for joining me on the Leading Safely podcast, Nula. It's nice to have you here and uh, thanks for taking time out of your day to chat with me. It is an absolute pleasure and I think it just shows the power of networking. It's been so divine to connect with you on LinkedIn and see you know, shared passions and ways of wanting to, in some ways, change the world for the better and for positive ways. So thank you for inviting me in. No, most definitely. Um, so as you know, I like to ask all of my special guests for kind of health and safety related questions. And I think you're very big in the space around leadership. So I think that first question around what do you think makes an effective you know, leader when it comes to health and safety should speak to, I guess, your expertise and knowledge? Um. Hopefully, I hope I have some wisdom after the years of being in the industry. <laughs> and you know, when, when we talk about leadership, for me, it's it really, it's about people. Mm-hmm. And so often people go, you know, okay, so what, you know, courses must I do or what skills do I need to have? And the first place I would say is start with understanding you, understand yourself. So what are the things that make you tick? What makes you be in a happy space or be frustrated you know when you're working with people what are the the pet peeves that kind of glare up at you that you know you feel your heart racing and you're going oh not this person again because you have a, a clash with them and when you understand yourself and you understand all of those kind of things around what's going on in you when you are dealing with people you can then step back and go okay so let me start understanding others because when i understand others i will see that actually they are just different to the way that i am they're not purposely trying to be difficult they're not purposely trying to annoy you they're not purposely either trying to suffocate you with information or give you this high level overview that gives you no depth Mm -hmm. because they just see the world through a different lens and when you start stepping out of people should be like me or give me what I need but we should understand each other your whole conversation changes yeah I think I don't think that's something you can be taught though I think you know like I think unfortunately and fortunately that comes with the experience of hearing multiple perspectives and understanding that you're not the only person that exists in the entire world Uh, yeah and you don't know it all like I think that's something that you learn as opposed to being taught Organically, no. And I mean, there are some things that you can do. So you can look into things like, you know, personality diversity. There's so many out there. And it is not about boxing people. I think, you know, that that's a really important one. It is around creating understanding and conversation. Because sometimes it's actually quite tough. You kind of like, I don't know why I react the way I do. 
Yeah. Oh, I don't know why I need what I need. Mm -hmm. So, you know, working with an organization that can help you look at, well, this is your, your makeup. This is, and I mean, there's so many out there that, you know, and going, okay, that makes sense. So it can be helpful, but like any tool that we have in our toolbox as leaders, it is a tool. It is not a be all and an end all. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned about not knowing everything. And I think that is so key. Be curious and be open to different ways because just because you've done something and it's worked in the past doesn't mean it's going to be ideal in this situation. And even if you think you know, ask questions. Mm -hmm. And one of my colleagues years ago, I was listening to her and she was in a, a session with the team in the office and she was asking questions and I knew she had the answers. And I was looking at her like, what are you doing? And afterwards I pulled her aside and I was like, why were you asking those questions? I know you know the answer. She's like, it's not about what I know. Yeah. It's about what everybody else understands. Yeah. So, you know, we have a, in conversational intelligence, we have a saying that says, ask the questions for which there are no answers. And when you do that amongst your teams and you are open to the feedback, you will be amazed what people come up with and the ideas they share and the innovations and ways of doing things that one person alone as a leader can't figure out. Yeah. No, and that kind of like nicely alludes to the second question around if you came across, you know, someone who was really stuck in their ways and wasn't wanting to make that positive health and safety change, what kind of, you know, words of wisdom would you either give to that person directly or to someone who was dealing with that person and, and helping them understand? And again, I'm going to do that step back and go, where is that person at? And how do we meet them where they are? Because people usually resist change or different ways of doing things is because they have fear. There's mm -hmm. something that is that they're scared of. Maybe they fear that they don't know enough or that they're not going to be able to meet the expectation or they've had an experience in the past. They don't understand the change, you know, and the value behind it. Mm -hmm. And they haven't been given a good enough reason to make the change. So my words of wisdom to people would be go into a more kind of coaching approach. So go into exploring where that person is, understand their viewpoint, then get them to actually explore and open their views through questioning. So, you know, how do you think this is impacting the team? Uh -huh. Where people are working in this way, what are the potential consequences? You know, what do you want to achieve in this team? All right, we want to keep everybody safe. Okay. But at the moment, you know, there's some things that aren't working so well. Let's explore those a bit more. And you can't change someone's viewpoint. You can't change their paradigm. But what you can do is you can plant seeds and you can ask thought-provoking questions that will hopefully prick their paradigms, that they will then get to make a choice further down the line. Yeah. 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 And, and the reality is, is that if it continues down that path and it is becoming a negative impact on the people, the team, the organization, the way safety is, it might need to be a different conversation. Yeah. And if that is the case, then that's also okay. But I would always first start in that coaching stance of meeting them where they're at. Yeah, no, that, that's fantastic. 
my next question is really an individual one that's really not tied to either of those two. And it was purely kind of generated out of my own curiosity to see, you know, what professionals around the world, how they answered this question. So if you were given all the money and all the resources um, and the opinions didn't matter, and without solving South Africa's unfortunate electricity and infrastructure issues, uh, but you could solve a workplace health and safety issue on the other hand, what, what kind of invention would you create, Nulara, and why would you create it? So you've probably picked up that my passion is people mm-hmm. and the conversations that they have and the way that they work together because everything starts with a conversation, no yeah. matter what we do at life, whether it's a conversation in your head or verbal or sign language, there's a conversation involved. And working in the environments and the industries I do, and so often it is multicultural. So, um, you know, the one project I've been working on, they've been between 15 and 25 different nationalities. So that's different nationalities with different cultures, different ways of doing things. But within that, there've been anything between 200 and 450 different personalities. So you throw that into the mix and it is so easy to create frustration, misunderstanding, conflict, you know, potentially leading to incidents and accidents. Mm-hmm. So I gave this question quite a lot of thought because I was like, oh, nothing's really jumping out. <laughs> and then I went, what I would love is to create lenses that people could see each other as the intent that they were trying to show. So to their best intent, because when I go up and I wake up in the morning and I go out on site, wherever that may be, onshore, offshore, I don't go out there going, you know, today I really want to irritate someone or I want to create an accident. Yeah. It might be I usually wake up and then my, thankfully, touch wood, I have not met one yet. But usually it's, I want to go out, I want to have a good day. I want to be included in what's going on. I want to feel like I've added value and, mm-hmm. you know, have my opinions heard. But sometimes the way, <clears throat> oh, sorry, sometimes the way I put that across is just a complete mismatch. Yeah. So if I could create these magical lenses that would appear, that would help people interpret the best intent of what we are trying to do in the moment and create that understanding and bringing together, I think it would create a far safer workplace where there's a lot less waste of conversation, a lot less waste of getting things wrong, of rework, because we can understand each other and we can we can see what we're actually wanting to portray. So there's a, a quote by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, and it says, Treat people as if they were what they ought to be, and you will help them to become what they are capable of being. Oh, that's really lovely. Actually, that whole invention is lovely. (laughs) It comes out of the, (laughs) you know, like it kind of shows the kind of person that you are. And I almost would love to be a fly on the wall in those conversations that you have. I mean, I don't even know if you have flies in South Africa, but the fly, you know, like to be... Of course you do. Of course you do. But, you know, like trying to understand, you know, like that approach, you know, the approach and the way that you view people and, you know, from that very first hello, you know, to the end, you know, word you speak has that impact and and helps build that trust, rapport, you know, everything. So I think that invention would be a multi-billion dollar, you know, invention if you ever got it off the ground. Not sure what it would look like as in glass lenses or have you thought about tangibly what that would look like? You know, then I go almost into that science fiction moment where it's almost like, you know, just like this like little 
flash that just comes over your okay. eyes. You know, <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't have to be a permanent fixture. It just appears when you need it to appear and you're having a misunderstanding moment and it's based on cultural differences, personality differences, and it's like, or language differences. And it goes, oh, hold that thought. Yeah. Just look at this from a different perspective. Yeah, no, that's amazing. That would be such a great invention. And then, you know, like throughout your career, you've obviously had some very different roles and you've had some very different personal experiences that have impacted on roles, I presume. Um, if you could go back to your younger self and give yourself some words of wisdom or, you know, words of advice to help you thrive and survive and to get to where you are today and, and the successful person that you are, what, what kinds of words of wisdom, what would be those words? I think one would definitely be learn and embrace the art of meditation sooner and journaling. Okay. You know, Mm-hmm. Take what's take you know clear your mind and take what's in it and put it out there. Probably get a coach sooner. You know, I I learned about coaching probably in my late twenties, and what a, a massive change that that had on my life. You know, whether it's being able to self coach, but more importantly, you know, I have a regular coach that I can have conversations with that helps me on my path and never stop learning because. The more you learn, the more you realize how little you actually know. And it's terrifying, but it's so exciting at the same time <laughs> because there's so much out there that you can, you can still grow and become. And I think the last one for me would be trust your gut, your heart and your mind because your body will tell you when something is or isn't right. And I bring this up even a lot in safety is you know, when something has gone wrong, when you go and you say to somebody, where did you feel that something was going to go wrong before it happened? It's seldom in your head. Yeah. You know, it's in your stomach. It's in, you know, it's somewhere. So learn to trust that sooner. Um, not that it would change anything that I've done in my life because it's got me to where I am. But I think it could have it could have helped along the way to make it a bit smoother. Yeah, that's really lovely. Um, and as we were going along, I kind of I sensed a few kind of themes. And I noticed that you were very big, I guess, around the the questioning space um, and that curiosity, you know, from leadership. Have you have you got any stories or any examples you can give to us around you know that really great leadership? kind of piece with questioning or where you've seen it being demonstrated and really worked out to provide that extra perspective that you were talking about that sometimes we miss out on considering we don't have your invention live and you know in the world as it is right now <laughs> so we where's a nice example around i think it's often where leaders learn to become almost more of a facilitator of their team conversations yeah and i've had some beautiful examples of that with some of the teams i've worked with recently where we were able to do like bite-sized learning sessions because you know when you're offshore you don't have time to do two-day workshops would be amazing but guess what life <laughs> happens yes. so you do 45 minutes to 60 minutes productivity exactly. not, not life it's productivity happens <laughs> true story yeah and with these teams, and I, I was able to work with the whole teams, you know, in the first couple of sessions, it was, you know, you could see people were a bit uncomfortable with this process. You know, what do you mean you're going to ask us questions and we have to think and work in pairs and go around? And quite quickly, some of the, the leaders actually picked up on what the process and the flow was. That towards the end of it, I would introduce the topic of the session or what have you. And I could almost stand back because the guys kind of went, 
Okay, they'd seen the value of asking a question, giving people time to think about what they wanted to respond on, and then bringing that back into the group. And some of the most fabulous learnings were coming out. We're working with really green teams. I mean, green as in the first time they had seen a vessel, you know, they were put on as roughnecks Mm -hmm. on the rig floor. So potentially terrifying. And touch word in 12 months, there has not been a single, you know, major incident or accident. Mm-hmm. And we were working through through some of these and questions were around, you know, what are facts that you know about a specific topic that you need to work on? What are the safety considerations you have to have? And what is your one question? And the one question that was coming out for experienced people were, wow, we never even thought to kind of share that because there's just this assumption that everybody knows and everyone understands. And some of these sessions actually ended up running on to almost two hours because those leaders were up there at the, you know, the flip chart, drawing pictures, helping people understand how does this work? How does that work? And then from being in, you know, classroom states mm-hmm. to then going and observing on site yeah. how the toolbox talks had changed, how you know, such different conversations were happening because the leaders were learning to ask questions and then be silent and let people think. And if they were looking uncomfortable, get into that, okay, we'll chat to your buddy next to you and then we'll go around, but I do want to hear from everybody. Everyone has a voice in this team. So that's the the one that's popped to mind at the moment. That's a really lovely example, I think. And, um, you know, with the questioning piece, it sounds like you've You've worked with some really great leaders. Has there been any, have you got an example perhaps uh, that might be the opposite to that, where you've seen it kind of, where you've seen a room perhaps shut down or a team perhaps shut down because of that leader's, you know, questioning or the the curiosity or genuine care not being there? Sadly, yes. I wish I could say no. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and it's heartbreaking. I'm not going to lie when you see that because people close, they become fearful they don't trust, you know, all of those, those aspects that are so important to encouraging people to speak up when they think something is going to go wrong or they don't understand disappears. And it creates an incredibly unsafe working environment. And I've worked also with, with a leader that, well, two leaders actually, that just so closed to anything, close to learning, close to their team, close to discussion. It was you do as I say, and you do it the way I say. There's no kind of conversation or debate around this. And it's such a clash with the organizational culture as well. Unfortunately, there's there's one team that, uh, you know, I still have a a few concerns about, but, you know, we'll see, see where that ends up. But, you know, I do also believe even with people who, like we spoke about earlier, are so resistant, plant the seeds yeah because some seeds are like bamboo they shoot overnight other seeds are oak trees they need to be buried for a very long time before they even start to sprout (laughs) and being an eternal optimist you know and um, full of positivity (laughs) i do believe that when people see the why behind a change the why behind their leadership style is not working that they will dig deep and have the capacity to change but it's heartbreaking for the entire team in that process. And sadly, they're usually casualties along the way. 
yeah. not accidents and incident casualties, but people casualties, as in people won't stick around. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And yeah, I've definitely worked in some organizations, you know, and teams like what you've mentioned there, where that's definitely been the case. I too am an eternal optimist and would love to say that I hope that, you know, when people see the change and understand the why, um, I'm not 100% convinced that, that always works, but I'm very strong, a very strong advocate in show, you know, explain, show, demonstrate the why, and hopefully people do have that capacity and the resilience to understand there is a different way, not necessarily a better way, um, but a different way of doing things. I think, you know, we can make the world a better place by doing that. <laughs> It would be fabulous, you know, and, and again, it comes back to that whole, you know, people are different. We're not trying to be difficult. And when I'm working with those really difficult leaders, and, you know, sometimes I feel like it's been a, a day surrounded by vampire energies. I mean, energy vampires, you know, you've heard that term where, you know, you just give all of your energy and just nothing comes back. It goes into this black void. Oh, yes. I'm an extrovert, so I 100% know what you mean. Even for me, yeah, when you finish the day, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, and I'm like, oh, I just need something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone's smiling yeah. and bring the sunshine out for a moment just so I can feel replenished again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's tough, and it can be really, really tough. And in, in those moments, you as well, as a, as a coach or a consultant, you've got to dig deep and go, right, we're going to go and face this again tomorrow and try again. And, and also be realistic to the fact that maybe you're not the right person to be sending the message or to be having the conversation. Yeah, I agree. Hey, and when you're in that state, you need to recognize your own, um, you know, challenges and, and strengths at the same the same time as well. Understand what you can and can't do when those limitations that you might be experiencing and how they impact, you know, the broader yeah. team, organization, et cetera. Go sleep it off. Go then, it off. Go exactly. Do something. <laughs> do something. Go, go do a workout, do something, meditate, listen to music, dance in your cabin. Um, and then the next morning, most importantly, Go and celebrate the wins. Yeah. Go and find find the, the, the people that want to learn, that want to engage, that want to grow, and never lose sight of the positive impact that you may be having with other teams just because one team isn't working as well as the rest. Because there are positive stories in every environment that we go into. And you know, replenish with, with some of those and go, yes, you're a, you're a fabulous team. We love you, even if you're just shouting it inside because you can't have favourites. <laughs> I think the conversation has completely changed where we started off with to where we are right now. The most, it has. Most definitely. I, I like that we've kind of done this full 360 and kind of come back to this positive space with, you know, dealing with different types of leaders and the command and control and various, you know, kind of, ways of doing things but always having that different perspective so i i want to say that i appreciate you taking time out of your day um sharing your opinions and thoughts and insights with me and my listeners um and if someone does want to reach out to you how would they go about doing that you know to get in touch with you themselves so the easiest is probably on linkedin Nula Gage. I have a very unique name, so I'm the only one out there or my email is nula at safetycollaborations.com and it's N-U-A-L-A for those of you who do not have the Irish heritage. <laughs> That's perfect. Thanks again, Nula. It's been fantastic to chat with you. Appreciate it. Oh, it's been divine. Thank you, Georgina. So there you go. That was my chat with Nula. I completely agree with her views on leadership and having leaders that facilitate conversation, curiosity, trust, 
care and change. Unfortunately though, most of us can also recall those leaders who were not able to facilitate their teams and may have had more of a command and control style, as Nuala said. The effects of those leaders are huge. So, I would love to generate some really great positivity in the world from this episode. If you've had an amazing leader, head to leadingsafely.com.au and fill out their details. You can remain anonymous if you like, but you will need to include their name and why they made an impact on your career. Then, in a special upcoming episode of the podcast, I shall run through all the positive shout-outs and basically share the love to these leaders. So again, go to leadingsafely.com.au and include your special leaders' details. I can't wait to read all of your positive stories. Until next time, stay safe. Oh,